here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to help me with my math. You'll be hearing, and you have heard, this is the longest government shutdown ever. Ever. And that's supposed to get you all worked up. Longest government shutdown ever. They shut the government down, not even the whole government, a piece of the government, at midnight plus one second. So that's December 22nd. That's a Saturday morning. So I'm looking at this. They're counting weekends, they're counting Christmas, and they're counting New Year's Day. Now when you add in the weekends, Christmas, and New Year's Day, when I can assure you you couldn't get a call through to the Agriculture Department. I can assure you you can get a call through to the EPA and so forth and so on. That's eight days where the vast majority of the bureaucracy is not working anyway. Eight days. So by my math, you subtract eight from 21. So it's 13 days. So why do the media keep lying to us? I know it's a rhetorical question. So the government has effectively, a little piece of it, been shut down for 13 days, not 21 days, because nobody's working on Christmas that I'm aware of, or on New Year's, and it's now Eastern Time, what is it, 6.08 p.m. Eastern Time in the evening. You couldn't find a government employee in Washington, D.C. without going to a restaurant or a pub if your life depended on it. Unless, of course, they're involved in, you know, truly essential activities like watching out for terrorists and doing all the sorts of things that the Democrats are not so worried about on the border. So that's number one. So we're going to report the truth. The truth. Number two. I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Are you upset that part of the government shut down? I know they keep interviewing government employees who aren't working. Congress just passed a bill that all the furloughed workers will be paid in full once the government's back open. And, of course, the government will be back open now, won't it? Of course it will. We all know that. But are you upset about this? Social Security is working. Medicare is working. Medicaid's working. The military, the FBI, the DEA, and so forth and so on. And I made the proposal a couple of days ago, 48 hours ago. Go ahead and pay a, pass a bill to pay TSA and other local, excuse me, and other law enforcement. And go ahead and take care of that. And if the Democrats fight it, point to them. But honest to God, are we supposed to be conservatives? I know I'm supposed to sit here and say, you know, we all feel for this and feel for that. I understand that. But we don't come on the radio, these other hosts, and come on TV every day and talk about American citizens who don't have jobs at this company or that company or this retail store closed or that retail store closed, and they're never going to get their money back. 
They're not going to get back pay. They're not going to get their jobs back. We never talk about them, ever. Because it's all government-centric. It's all media-centric. It's all progressive-centric. Now, I haven't looked this up. What are there, about 100 million employees in this country, something like that, Mr. Producer, people who are employees or employers, what have you? Give or take. 800,000 federal employees they're talking about. And I don't even believe that. I don't even believe that. If you funded 75 to 80 percent of the federal government, how are we talking about 800,000 when there's two million members of the federal government? So I don't buy that either. I'll be Nancy Pelosi. I don't believe your facts. Anyway, so the government hasn't been shut down for 21 days. The government shuts itself down on Saturdays and Sundays. It shuts itself down on Christmas and New Year's. Who do they think they're kidding? And I'll be the lone voice. I don't really care. I'm not all that worked up about this. Like I say, the checks are going out in the entitlement programs. The military's there. The federal police are in place. The vast majority of the country is unaffected. The vast majority of the country is utterly and completely unaffected. And I'll tell you how I know this to be the case. Because the media aren't speaking to American citizens who don't work for the government or don't have any position that is somehow tied to the federal government. They're not going to the center of the country. They're not going to other parts of the country, the south, the northern part of the... They're not going to other parts of the country. And How are you fending? You know, I have to give plasma because I can't... No, you won't find that. You'll find just fine, doing great. They're not going to Social Security recipients and say, hey, how are you fending? I'm fine, I got my check. Not going to FBI agents or DEA agents or U.S. Marshals. Hey, how are you fending? I'm fine, I'm working. I'm concerned about the TSA and the Coast Guard, and I wish they would pass a bill and take care of those folks. But you know what this means? This means we're not being regulated, we're not being... There's a little bit of freedom in this, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little bit of freedom in this. Look at all the phony conservatives out there. Look at all the phony conservatives out there. We actually have a little bit more breathing room for a month, two months, maybe three months. And look at all the hand-wringing. Oh, my God! What are we going to do? Well, we're going to do just fine. Just pretend every day of the week is Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do fine for this period of time. It's not going to go on for years. And not because Pelosi and Schumer won't allow it, because the president won't allow it. And he's being told by truly constitutional and legal illiterates, some with law degrees, some without, some in Congress, some not. You know, I really wish he wouldn't do this. We are, after all, representative republic. We are? Is that what most of our government's about? Representation? I think not. That's the whole problem with the border issue, isn't it? We elect the president who's going to do something about the border. We elect Republicans who are going to do something about the border. And nothing gets done. We don't need lectures about representative government from people in Congress who lie to us to get elected and then kick us in the you-know-whats. 
in the teeth. This guy Grassley. I uh, I uh, what, what, I believe that you know I I believe it's a representative. I don't really like. Hey Grassley. In 1976, Congress passed this law. It's been used multiple times before. Why all of a sudden are you upset about it? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then there's a lot of people out there making the same prediction. That's what happens. It happens in the media, and quite frankly, it happens in conservative talk radio. You know what's going to happen here, ladies and gentlemen, is the President of the United States at some point will use the National Emergencies Act. It'll go to court, and the court will strike it down. The government will be open. Uh, Trump will be able to say that politically he tried everything he could. Meanwhile, it won't get done. Now, this was written about several days ago. Several days ago, before I was back. Now, it's certainly possible that it can work that way. Which is one of the reasons Trump is holding out as long as he possibly can. But if he has no choice at the end of the day but to trigger this statute, then you trigger the statute and duke it out in the courts. He can't control the courts. All he can do is put his best foot forward through the Department of Justice that argues the cases. That's not a sellout. Now, he might be able to do it legally, they say, but what about politically? The politics is awful. These conservatives are arguing like liberals. The politics may be awful. But statesmen do what statesmen need to do. And you won't admit that in this, for sure, he's a statesman. Doing whatever he has to do legally and constitutionally. Well, what about the efficacy of it? What do you mean the efficacy of it? The wisdom of it? Well, what would you have them do? You already have some conservatives and Republicans that say, hey, we can't keep the government closed forever, you know, we just can't do this. We can- okay. What do you want them to do? Since he's not in charge of appropriations. And if a bill doesn't come to his desk that includes support for the wall, then what? My two concerns are, if the Republicans start buckling, and I told you this the other day, and I have another concern I'll share with you right now, too. If the price for amnesty, if the price for all other kinds of capitulation on the Democrat long list when it comes to immigration is surrender, then it's not worth the two and a half billion dollars. Because what I keep reading and hearing is that the administration is prepared to go much lower. They even went at one point to 1.3 they were talking about. That's phony. That is phony. You can't do much with 1.3. As a matter of fact, you can't do much with 5.7. Let us not forget. That was part of what it's supposed to cost to do the wall. Part of it. So you fight for that part now. But if you're going to surrender, and I hear, you know, Lindsay in the crowd might be negotiating. I don't know. Susan Collins, when she's involved, I get the uh, heebie-jeebies. What, the other one? Murkowski from Alaska. Wow. There's a brainiac. When they all get together and get involved, I go, "Uh uh-oh. 
And uh, they are. And things are floating around out there, which is all but surrender on every other front. Uh, I say no to that. Absolutely no. I think the president has them pretty much where he needs them. The Democrats are actually quite stupid. They went ahead and funded most of the government in advance of closing down a piece of the government. That's Pelosi and her low IQ. That's Schumer and his low IQ. Just be steady. You know, this country, when you put history, you know, when you, when you put things in context with history, this country's been through a hell of a lot more than, well, now wait a minute, am I going to get my check? A hell of a lot more. Wars, famine, pestilence, depressions. Sit tight. Hang in there. We'll get through it, I promise. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. Audio for you after the bottom of the hour. I don't have enough time to play it now, so I hope you'll stick with us. Hope you'll stick with us. Um, I'm a little confused. This guy, Julian Castro, now is thinking of running for president. He's the guy that said, you know, 90% top tax rate. What about that? So I asked Mr. Producer, exactly which country is he running for president in? Cuba? He is a Castro. Or the United States? Now, if I were your typical talk show host, of which I'm certainly not, I would put putting out this question. All of you out there who are affected by the partial government shutdown, call me and tell me how you're affected. I have a different question. For the vast majority of Americans, those of you who are not affected by the partial government shutdown, please give me a call and tell me why. What do you, how do you like that, Mr. Producer? Because you, the silent, massive majority, you're never heard from. You won't get attention on CNN. You won't get attention on MSLSD or any of the other of them. Give me a call if you work at a place where trash is not piled up in front of your door. 
How about that one? I like that one. Give me a call if you're not giving plasma. Give me a call. Now, I know this is going to be viewed as heartless, but I don't care what the left says about me. I don't care what the New York Times says about me. The New York Times still has a lot to answer for from the Holocaust. The Holocaust denying New York Times. So I'll go toe-to-toe with any one of their so-called reporters. Happy to do so on ethics and morality and virtue. Happy to do it. Maggie. Maggot. And all the rest of them. I've never been a Holocaust denier. That newspaper is and was. But more to the point... My point is, the vast majority of the country is doing perfectly well. For most people, trash is not piling up at their place of work. Most people are working. Most people are unaffected. Because the media and the Democrats and some Republicans and talk show hosts want you to believe the opposite. Because this is what they do. Provoke and inflame. Cherry pick. No. It's my contention that the vast majority of America is completely unaffected by this. That it's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. And there are little things that can be done to help the TSA and the Coast Guard, people who put their lives on the line, people who protect us, who should be helped. But honestly... A couple of weeks more here and there. A couple of months more here and there. I don't really care. So what? Today is Saturday. The government is shut down even though they won't say it. Tomorrow is Sunday. The government shut down even though they won't say it. They count Christmas and New Year's and every weekend as a government shutdown. Why should we believe any of these people? And then I said, aren't you conservative, most of you? Like this is the end of the world? Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a partial government shutdown. It's barely a partial government shutdown. The media are distressed. They can't find another enough, uh, enough uh, horror, horror going on out there. They're doing everything they can. I'll be right back. 175 years. That's how long Hillsdale College has been around. As we start a new year, Hillsdale's entering its 175th year, but in all of that time, it still holds the same principles since 1844. The college was founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful, and to hold up what is good. Most colleges have lost their way and are now in the grip of political correctness. They reject the idea of objective truth and peddle moral and cultural relativism. Not Hillsdale College. Hillsdale continues to provide sound learning essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. Hillsdale is my favorite college because it has stayed true to that mission and extends it nationwide on behalf of liberty. From its free online courses to its free speech digest and primus, from training leaders at their Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., to helping establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, Hillsdale is educating Americans to restore our freedom. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. We never- 
never shut down because this show is essential. Call into the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. I'm going to play that audio, and it's absolutely crucial you hear it, but we have a full board of people who are unaffected by the so-called government shutdown. Let's go to Mary, Kylene, Texas, from the Mark Levin app. How are you, Mary? Hi, Mark. What a pleasure to speak with you. I'm a first-time caller. Thank you, Mary. I'm also a Gold Star wife, and... Well, um, I'm sorry about that. Well, thank you very much, um... I'm very proud of my husband's sacrifice, and he did it for freedom for all of us. Well, so. tell me something. Tell me what his name was and tell us a little bit about him. Well, uh, my husband was Staff Sergeant Elvis Burden, so Elvis has left the building. Mm-hmm. And um, he was an E-6 in the United States Army, and he was a Bradley uh, fighting vehicle commander. And uh, he was on patrol in Baghdad, Iraq in 2004, and he got shot in the neck by a teenage boy on the roof. So he died instantly in his vehicle and uh, died doing what he loved. He loved his job, and he loved his men, and he loved this country. I'm very sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, What I was calling was, um, because I am a Gold Star wife, I do receive um, certain VA benefits and so forth due to his job. um, Has any of that stopped? No, no, sir. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're fine with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what my concern was, um, on my social media accounts, I tried to... I have all kinds of friends, and my lib friends are more concerned about the food stamp situation. They think, oh, the shutdown's causing the food stamps. You don't know what it's like and blah, blah, blah. And I was wondering, Mark, is there something that I can post to show them um, that their food stamps aren't going to be affected right away because of the shutdown? Well, first of all, have the state government shut down? No, sir. Have the local government shut down? No, sir. Have all the private charities shut down? Not at all, sir. Well, that's where you can get your food. Or, it's my understanding, there are job opportunities out there. Exactly, and I have mentioned that. Some some people may may want to try that, too. And I'm not talking about the infirm and the handicapped and so forth who've tried and can't and so forth. But there are many able working Americans here. I know you're not allowed to say it. I know you've got to... You've got to buy the progressive welfare state line, but I'm never going to do it. Not till my, not even right to my deathbed. I'm not falling for this stuff. Mm, and that's where their mindset is. And their mindset is also, I get that, oh, more people are coming over on airplanes than they're coming to the border. I don't All right. Know well, you got to stop listening to these people. Listen to the, to, to the next bunch of people. Because remember, the call is for people who are unaffected. Because you'll never hear from people who are unaffected. All you'll hear are the sob stories, which are a very small minority of the population. Thank you, Mary. But don't, well, you know what, Mary? I'm going to give you a free subscription to Blaze TV, so don't hang up, okay? Mr. Producer, make sure she gets that, please. Let us continue. Joe, Phoenix, Arizona on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Uh, you know, I think that this is just a tremendous attempt at a, another power grab by by the Democrats. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. We talked about this the other day. 
that this is absolutely crucial because what they're doing here, they don't care about the government workers and food stamps and all the rest of it. That's clear because they haven't put an appropriations bill together that funds the border security. No. This is about power, and if they can win this fight, that means we'll never secure the border. It's all about growing their power base. Exactly. That's it. And it's funny because I work in retail, and I employ three naturalized American citizens. Good. That's the way it's supposed to work. It is. Oddly enough, though, they think that I don't see the whole picture. However, I live in Phoenix, (laughs) Arizona, and I'm a native to Arizona, and I've seen this my entire life. My uh, Mm -hmm. mother and and the entire side of her family grew up in Nogales, Arizona. They all Mm -hmm. speak Spanish, and her father was a... uh, was a border agent in the 50s and 60s, and they don't have any problem with anything related to the border. They all agree to secure the border. Look, this never used to be a debate, whether or not you secure the border. All of a sudden, it's debate because we live in the insane world of the left and the insane world of the media. But I refuse to live in that world. I'm just not going to do it. All right, Joe, thanks for your excellent call. I appreciate it. Let's see. Alan, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y country. Go. Hi, hi uh, Mark. How are you? Love, okay. love the show. Thank you. Not affected at all by the shutdown. I'm glad it's happening. Yes. Uh, like you keep saying, it's shut down eight times every every month, and uh, nothing stops. But I have a way to pay for the wall that mm-hmm. nobody's mentioned at all, and it won't yeah. pay, cost the taxpayer a penny. Mm-hmm. We say there's $70 billion a cent uh, in remittance below the border every single year. Mm-hmm. And if you tax that between 10 and 20%, you get about fourteen billion. Yeah, but, but the, the problem with that is, how do you even find that money? Well, you, you do it when they. Uh, well, they, 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 they if it, well, that, I mean, it never passes through the hands of anybody else, so you'll never be able to tax it. Well, I have yeah. a better idea. You want to hear my idea? Yeah. Let's build an oil pipeline to Chuck Schumer's hair. Can you imagine how much oil we would get? All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Bob, Columbia, South Carolina, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. How <laughs> yeah, are you? Thing is, I'm fine. It's nice to talk to you. Thank There's you. so much baloney. Yes. You know, this, here's what gets me. The common sense stuff is just, it's not there. It's, there's no common sense. The president has been calling for common sense, and I, I applaud him for that. So let's just take a couple of real quick examples for you. The other day, everybody said that Mike Wallace nailed Sarah Sanders. Chris right? Wallace. Because, Chris Wallace. Uh, Chris Wallace, I'm sorry, Chris Wallace. You know, it's like it was dad, I guess. You know, because um, this number of people, suspected people, you know, that was at the airport, he said. Yeah, well, he's making our case. He sort of responded, you just made my case for two reasons. A, I can't tell you how many people at the border cross because we're not catching them. Mm-hmm. But at the airports, because I used to fly internationally, I know about this. When you come in uh, this country, any international airport, guess what they have? Walls. Mm-hmm. Walls and hallways, and you don't get around them, and they channel you to the customs people. Uh, Bob, Bob, may I just interject briefly here? Here's the irony. You bring up these international flights. They're telling us about the TSA, which I would like to fund. But what's the TSA there for? Yeah, what, what's the, the TSA there for? The... The vast majority of people who fly on airplanes are good people. They're vast majority American citizens. Right. Uh, but they have to pat down two-year-olds and old ladies right. with blue hair and, right. and so forth and so on. And <clears throat> as I say, the vast majority of us are American taxpaying citizens with driver's licenses and everything else, photo IDs. 
And the irony is when the Democrats say, look at the TSA, but we're not going to build a secure wall. How, why am I the only one that sees that? Right. And we have walls at these airports that funnel people to customs. That's what our border agents are asking for. They're asking for walls that funnel them to where they're at so you can have less people, be more efficient, and grab everybody. Not only that, but you can go use your... your uh, All right. How are you affected by the so-called government shutdown? I'm not affected by it. You know, they say the FDA, I might be eating poison food. Did you know that, Mark? Did you, did you know that there aren't any state authorities whatsoever in health and safety and food management? None. <laughs> Hold on. I want everyone, next time you're in a restaurant, ask them. Is it the feds that really control what goes on in their restaurant? Or is it the locals in the state? And they'll tell you. It's the locals most and the state second and the feds last. Thank you for your call, my friend. Ron, Las Vegas, Nevada. Kadon, the great KDWN. Go. Mark. Yes. I love you. Oh, thank you. You're the greatest. Thank you. More importantly, I'm not affected in any way. I'm an 84-year-old man. I've been listening to you forever. Thank you. And I read all your books. I've given a bunch of them away. That's very Uh, kind of you. Everything you do, Mark, is 1,000% for me. Well, thank you. uh, I just believe in liberty and the individual and capitalism and private property rights and our founding. And, you know, one of my... Dear friends in this business once said, you're the last traditional conservative standing. And I said, well, by God, so be it. Well, you have some people like uh, Sean. I love Sean. And, uh, of course, uh, Rush. I started listening to Rush August 1st, 1988. I was living in Reno on K. Wow, you're like you're like one of the uh, originals. Yeah, I, I and I used to go to see... He came to the MGM. I saw him twice when he was beginning, and he was going to the Rush right. program where he'd show up. Right. And I was working at the MGM at the time. Right, we're going we're to run out of time. Nobody loves Rush more than I. Okay. Trust me. More importantly, uh, you do a great job. Thank you. More importantly, we've got a president that is going to get what he want, what what the Americans need. I lived in San Diego for twenty five years uh, before I came here. And I can tell you right now, it is a disaster, and they laid Reagan away, and they've been laying us away ever since. Oh, you're right. They've taken over the, uh, that is the left, the uh, congressional seats, almost all of them, in and around San Diego. San Diego used to be a Republican city. They just blew out all of Orange County. It would be impossible for any Republican to win a statewide election there, the state they gave us, Reagan. Uh... Reagan won New York. No Republican can win New York. Reagan won New Jersey. No Republican can win New Jersey. These states get bluer, 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 and bluer. Now, if you want to live in a one-party country, if you want to live in a country that redistributes your wealth, they're talking about 70%, 90%, you want to live in a country where they do away with the Electoral College, where they try to take out a Republican president who gets elected constitutionally, that acts like uh, a, uh, a Soviet investigative council, the way they want to hold hearings and everything else, then stand down. But otherwise, speak out. If we don't win this fight on the border, there's never going to be a border. I'm telling you right now, no president has stood up to this like this president has. And the Democrats know it. And so they're playing for all the marbles. When I hear the backbenchers and the backstabbers and the never-Trumpers and the were-never-Trumpers saying Trump should be quiet or Trump shouldn't do this, we don't need their advice. Let them sit back with their little straws and their spitballs But stay out of the way. 
Let the grown adults take care of this. I'll be right back. Lovin. Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. Now, let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, unfortunately, many of our nation's other colleges have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. But as we begin a new year, we can be thankful that none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit Hillsdale. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. For most Americans, it is a manufactured government shutdown crisis, I would argue. All right, how much time do I have, Richie Rich? Ah, not enough. I blew it. All right, next hour at the top, I promise. I want to play this audio for you. It's very, very important. Very, very important. All right. Let's see who's out there. Question is, has the partial government shutdown affected you in any way? Lisa, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. I am a hairdresser um, Mm -hmm. about 45 minutes outside of the D.C. Beltway. Mm -hmm. And um, I've lived here my entire life and um, have a lot of clients um, that work for the federal government. And it is totally business as usual in my salon. Wait a minute. You don't have a lot of cancellations? No cancellations. It's barely even a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the only ones that I hear talking about it are the liberals and, you know, oh, poor federal government workers can't make their mortgages and that sort of thing. Well, we know that's not true because the Treasury Department, the Treasury Department just authorized uh, mortgage processors to continue. Mortgage right. loans well, to continue I, to be paid. My response to those people, and it's not popular, but is usually, you know, I think the federal government workers should have to work the way that I do, whereas I am paid purely on my productivity. If I don't have a client in my chair, I don't get paid. And if I don't produce quality work, I don't get paid. I have no benefits. I have to fund my own retirement. You have no job security. None. No job security whatsoever. My salon could close down tomorrow. And would you get back pay if your salon closes? No. 
And when I retire, I get whatever I have saved. Th- this is the thing. Honest to God, and it's not a put down of anybody because we need federal employees. We absolutely do. But here's the thing. You sign up. You know, there's certain benefits that you're signing up for. Really, it's a lifetime job. It's very, very difficult to remove people unless there's some extraordinary circumstances. Okay. You can retire after 20, 25 years or longer if you like. You'll get a government pension. Companies and small businesses don't hand out pensions like this anymore. You have to invest in your own pensions through IRAs or 401ks or things like that. There are almost no companies, certainly no small companies, that have these kinds of pensions anymore. And you receive medical benefits that really the rest of us don't even qualify for. So if you make that choice, you need to know from time to time, and it's very rare, the government might, quote-unquote, shut down, affecting your department and agency if you're a non-essential employee. And there may be a one-month, two-month, maybe even a three-month period of time that you need to prepare for. I really don't understand what the, all the fuss and bus is all about. I, I, I don't either. I was having that exact same conversation with one of my coworkers at lunch today and was saying, you know, that the majority of them, not all of them, but the majority of them make well into six figures. And if they- no, I don't know if that's true, I'd have to look up. But they but anyway, but but they're much more secure than a hairdresser. Yes. Yes, and at least the ones that I deal with, I know are making at least, you know, in the, the lower. Let me put it this way. In the aggregate, federal workers make more than private sector workers in the aggregate. There's no question about that. This sort of thing. You can go Google it and look it up. All right, my friend, thank you. And if I had hair, I might come and visit you. All right. Actually, even when you're relatively bald or you know, you don't shave your entire head. You still need to go to a barber now and then. Do you know why, Mr. Producer? I have a beard. Plus, you know, you, you, you don't want little horns growing out and stuff like that. So that is true. All right, folks, I'm not trying to hype this, but there is this audio I want to play. It's a very, very important audio, and uh, I promise I'll do it. Right at the top when we come back. So stick with us on this Friday evening when the government is closed, even when the government isn't closed. Get my point? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. All right, as promised. Back in the mid-1990s, well, let me start this way. In about 1990, Congress got together, Democrats and Republicans, when they were of a similar mindset on immigration. And they put together this commission on immigration to look at legal and illegal immigration, to analyze it, and to come up with proposals. And they came up with proposals, which have been all but ignored, They were issued in parts as they completed these various parts. And there was a very significant focus on illegal immigration and doing something about it. 
the chairman of that commission was Barbara Jordan. Barbara Jordan was a liberal Democrat, but a really smart, articulate lady uh, who represented Houston, or parts of Houston. And unfortunately, she died at a relatively young age. I'm trying to remember, 60, 64, something like that. But these were the days when there were Democrats who, while you might disagree with them on 80% of the issues, there were actual areas of overlap. You'll never find them with uh, this Ocasio-Cortez. You'll never find them with a Bernie Sanders and so forth, Kamala Harris. But Barbara Jordan was a very thoughtful and a responsible person. And I remember back then, and I'm old enough to remember how much I respected her. And she was respected by Democrats and Republicans alike. So I want you to listen to what she said, I think it was 1994, about immigration. Listen to what she said. Think about what she said as she says it. She's very articulate. She's not, you know, speed talking. And then in your mind, compare it to what you hear from the Democrats and the media today. How would Barbara Jordan be treated today? 23, 24 years later. Cut to go. We strongly denounce, denounce the hostility which seems to be developing around immigrants. That is not healthy. We cannot sustain ourselves as a nation if we condone divisiveness in this society of immigrants. At the same time, we disagree with those who label our efforts to control immigration as anti-immigrant. I believe quite firmly that we can quiet and dampen the flames which are surrounding public opinion where immigration is concerned because people on both sides of this issue have engaged in too much hyperbole. We have got to put the matter of immigration back on a civil course. We have got to know that immigration really goes to the heart of who we are as a nation. If we are confident enough as Americans in our culture, we should welcome the legal immigrant. We should be able to accommodate diversity in our society. Are we strong enough to welcome those who ought to be in and retain a commitment to the rule of law by keeping those out who shouldn't get in. If we ought to preserve our immigration tradition and our ability to say yes to the people who want to get in and seek entry, we've got to have the strength to say no to the people who are not supposed to get in. We need to make deportation a part of a credible immigration policy. As a nation committed to immigrants and the rule of law, we've got to do that balancing act. The most urgent immigration problem we face today is the unauthorized entry of hundreds of thousands of illegals. That undermines our commitment to legal immigration. 
Although the illegal alien may be generally law-abiding and particularly in good economic times, maybe we need the illegals. Their entry in violation of the law is a violation of our national interest. We believe a credible approach to immigration must be comprehensive. First, border management. We support a very simple view about border management, prevent illegal entries, facilitate legal ones. The second part of our strategy, work site enforcement. Employment, we believe, continues to be the principal magnet for illegal aliens coming into the country. As long as U.S. businesses benefit from illegals on their workforce, they are not going to try to help us get on top of the problem. We believe that employer sanctions must be made to work and enhanced labor standards enforcement essential components of a strategy to reduce the job magnet. The third part of our recommendations, immigrant eligibility for public benefits, that's a major one. The Commission believes that decisions about eligibility should support the objectives of immigration policy. Using these objectives as a measure of benefit policy, Listen to this. we come to the following conclusions. First, legal permanent residents should continue to be eligible for needs-tested assistance programs. Our views on eligibility for benefits of illegal aliens are different from those benefits that are recommended for legal aliens. If an alien is in this country lawfully, he should receive whatever benefits a lawful resident receives. But if a person is here unlawfully, he should be entitled to no benefits. Nothing. No benefits. Why the distinction between the eligibility of legal aliens and illegals? Illegal aliens don't have the right to be here. They broke the law to get here. They never intended to become a part of our social community, and they are not entitled to benefits. They have no intention to integrate. Isn't it amazing? They have no intention to integrate, no intention to assimilate. That was the position of the Democrat Party a little over two decades ago. On this commission sat, among others, Tom Daschle and Richard Gephardt. This was the position of both parties in the United States not that long ago. And then, as that article I read to you that day, a few days ago, by Beinart in the Atlantic, as Barack Obama was preparing for re-election, they absolutely on a dime, reverse course. And with identity politics and balkanization, they, not us, the people, they said, you know what? We're going to play this race game. We can get a bigger percentage of the Latino vote 
if that's what we focus on. And it's the fastest growing population in the country, faster than African Americans, faster than Caucasians. It's the fastest growing. And then they decided, and you know what? We're going to make it even faster. Even faster. And now you see the lawlessness. Lawlessness in support of the Democrat Party is no vice, apparently. Sanctuary cities, health care, you name it, for illegal aliens. That was never the position of anybody in this country until now. Never. Then you have radical elements, like Jorge Ramos at Univision. Jorge Ramos, born in Mexico, a dual citizen. He votes for president here, and he votes for president in Mexico. Something wrong with that, in my humble opinion. You have Luis Gutierrez, and he is, of course, a radical nutjob. When you look at his history, his flirtations with the Communist Party and so forth. These are the leaders of this movement within the Democrat Party and on the left. So it's very irritating if you understand the long history of immigration, you understand what's taking place now in this country, when you read asinine editorials about, Mr. Red, don't use the National Emergencies Act. That's not how we govern. And, of course, it is how we have governed since before Abraham Lincoln in certain rare circumstances. So I don't know what they're talking about. Or Grassley. You know, I, don't think, I don't like the president acting unilaterally. Hey, knucklehead, this is a congressional statute. And I don't remember you raising questions about it when it was triggered by Obama either. You were the head of the Judiciary Committee. Maybe you still are. Did you ever hold a single hearing on the National Emergencies Act? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You got these guys, Republicans and Democrats and gals. They've been around forever. Schumer elected in 1981. Pelosi elected in 1987. Grassley, he's in his 80s. He's been there, what, 30, 40 years? They haven't achieved a damn thing in terms of securing the border. Any Republican who's been in Congress since before Donald Trump and opposes this, shame on them. Because they know what's taken place in the past. How Reagan was hoodwinked. How Bush 41 was hoodwinked. Bush 43. But this president has said no. No. So this is very important. If this isn't resolved properly now, it never will be. Now, Barack Obama, June 20, 2014. By my calculation, that's four and a half years ago. About this humanitarian crisis on the southern border. All the reporters in Manhattan, all the reporters in Washington, D.C., insist there's nothing wrong going on on the southern border. There is no humanitarian problem. Tonight... They're at some five-star restaurant, some play, maybe a ballet, maybe flying somewhere across the country. They're not living the life of an average person, certainly not on the southern border. Here's Barack Obama, June 20, 2014. Cut three, go. We now have an actual humanitarian crisis on the border that only underscores the need to drive right, the politics. That's enough, and he rambles on as his will, as his want. 
So we have an actual humanitarian crisis on the border that underscores the need to blah, blah, blah. The manufactured crisis is with the so-called government shutdown. It's not on the border. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Some of these pundits on TV, and they really are uh, grotesque. They really are grotesque. They think this is a nothing fight. Just open the government. President, just trigger the National Emergencies Act. You're going to lose in court. Then you'll open the government, and we'll be on our merry way. Is that what you folks want, to be on our merry way with an open border? These people who are speaking, they don't live in the reality that many of you live in. They don't have to compete for jobs with individuals who come in here illegally. They don't live, for the most part, in communities that are affected like this. So they say this is nothing but a phony political fight. Look, this isn't about political or ethical or moral relativism. There is a wrong side and a right side. The wrong side is the side that has abandoned Barbara Jordan abandon their previous positions on securing a border that every country must do. Every country must do. That's the insanity on that side. And then you have our side, the president's position, and this is our position even before Donald Trump decided to get involved in politics. And that is, and that is our position, follow the rule of law. Sanctuary cities are unconstitutional. Open borders violate federal statutes. They voted in 2006 to secure the border, but they won't secure the border. We as citizens have a right to have our border secured. So this isn't just politics as usual. The president of the United States is standing up to this. And these so-called populists on TV and others, who are they? Who are they? Some of these people I never heard of two or three years ago. And I'm just making the point that there's a right side and a wrong side here. We happen to be right. They happen to be wrong. They happen to be right a few years back. And we don't have to play along. And Pelosi and Schumer have made it abundantly clear that they are not going to permit this to happen 
and they will use, quote, any legislative means, unquote, to stop Trump from building a wall. It's not Trump building a wall. It's the American people wanting the wall or wanting physical barriers to secure this country. There's a woman by the name of Pramila Jayapal, and she is a member of your Congress from the state of Washington. She's a racist, in my humble opinion. Listen to what she has to say. Hat tip, right scoop, go. This has never been about a wall. He actually could have gotten funding a couple of years ago or a year ago uh, for a wall. It was part of a deal that was proposed. Not all of us agreed with that deal, but it was proposed to him and he turned it down. No, that's not what happened. He gave them pretty much everything they wanted on DACA. You and I were here. We talked about it. But it wasn't enough. They wanted more and more and more and more, which is always the case. Nothing is ever resolved with the left. Go ahead. Goal is, as you said, to make America pure in the sense of not having immigrants, not having folks of color here, and shutting down every form of legal immigration. Now, there's been, now this woman should be expelled. She should be censured and then expelled. She's a race baiter. The president's position is pure in the sense of not having immigrants. He's offered to give amnesty to members of DACA, which could be up to 1.3 million people. He said he supports legal immigration. So now if you want a secure border and you want to prevent people coming here from uh, uh, other countries illegally, you want to stop people from color coming here? This is sick, and this is what we have to live with. Sick people like Pramila Jayapal. I'll be right back. More logic than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. All right, folks. I'm going to tell you about X-Chair. That's what I'm sitting in. Right now. Now, here's a New Year's resolution that's easy to keep. Make 2019 your most comfortable and productive year ever by getting yourself an X-chair. I used to constantly feel uncomfortable throughout the workday until I realized that I was spending thousands of hours sitting in the wrong chair. So follow my example and ditch that no-name superstore chair and trade up to the X-chair. I've been raving about how much I love my X-chair. Well... If you've been on the fence about buying one, here's great news. Now you can actually finance the purchase of your X-Chair for as little as $30 a month. And once you sit in it, you'll understand why I love my X-Chair, and I know you will too. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or give us a call, 1-844-4X-Chair. One eight four 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 X chair. X chair comes with a thirty day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So there's no risk whatsoever. Go to xchairlevin.com now. Use code Levin Footrest and you'll get a free footrest. So again, xchairlevin.com or one eight four 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 X chair. 
Here's our daily shout-out to KRLA 870 The Answer, where we are live in Los Angeles, 3 to 6 p.m. We want to salute the lineup there, salute the management there. They're very smart, which is why KRLA always beats KBC and KEIB. It's true. It's true. Well, there was a uh, interesting little development, which I'm sure uh, Brian Stelter over the weekend, I know, who is he? And by the way, is he getting fatter and fatter by the hour, or is it just me seeing him? He's a little nobody, but he likes to report on the media. But he's a propagandist for the left. KUSI is a TV station in San Diego. And uh, it turns out that CNN spiked, spiked uh, their offer to provide a reporter by the name of Dan Plant. I wonder if he's related to Chris Plant, by the way, my buddy. Anyway, so um, they spiked it because apparently... KUSI and Dan Plant weren't going to say what CNN wanted them to say. Check it out. Cut nine. Go. And as a sign of the times in this debate on the shutdown, CNN asked if KUSI would provide a reporter to offer our local view of the debate, especially to learn if the wall works in San Diego. KUSI offered our own Dan Plant, who's reported many times that the wall is not an issue here. In fact, most officials believe it is effective. The issue we face is the migrants and the debate over their treatments. Now, knowing this, CNN declined to have on their programs, which offer Often present the wall as not required in other places, like the stretch of the Texas border the president visited earlier today. They didn't like what they heard from us. Just some background for you. Wow. So now CNN, we always knew this, they're out of the closet, can join Chuck Todd, uh, where his despotism is out of the closet. Maybe he'll announce this Sunday on Meet the Depressed. None of us will watch it, of course. A lot of good uh, pre-football going on. Uh, but uh, maybe uh, maybe Chuckles Todd will uh, will announce the next subject where you must agree with him on a particular point of view. Maybe it'll be the wall. Period. But this is your CNN. CNN is not a news organization, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even as newsy as Russia TV or the old Pravda. It is a propaganda mill. It doesn't really pretend to be anything else. It's the rockets of leftism over there. And you just heard what took place. And CNN put out a statement that said, this is false, fake, half-truth, blah, blah, blah. So you know it's 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. Now, I spent a lot of time talking about CNN. Let's talk about MSLSD. John Heilman! Hi, Heilman, uh, is on the Morning Joe show. This guy is a pathetic moron uh, who reminds me of this guy, Rick Wilson, by the way. Is that the guy's name, the other idiot? Well, there's so many idiots. We ought to put a book together with all their photos, you know, like post office pictures, the way they used to put criminals in there. John Heilman on the Morning Schmo show. I want you to listen to how sick this man is, how sick this show is, and how sick MSNBC, NBC News, and Comcast are for giving this maniac and maniacs like him a news platform. Cut 10, go. 
There's only one emergency, Joe, right now in Donald Trump's life, and it's not a national emergency or an emergency at the border. It's a political emergency. And, and I'll, ju I'll just say that when you see a chief executive uh, invoking a totally made-up national emergency in order to actually try to solve a political emergency, and in that case, in this context, divert resources, invoke this national emergency, and, and, it, and potentially uh, be deploying the military uh, in its service, you are seeing the actions of an autocrat. That is a that is the behavior that if you well, saw it in a third world country, you would and we have in many third world countries, you would say, well, that's the guy who runs the junta. Um, that's the guy who runs right. the dictatorship. And by the way, the one in the back. Right. 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 That's not a parrot. That's Mika. Right. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Who's instituting, who's instituting martial law in the streets right. because his regime is crumbling. That's where we've seen this before, and that's where you'd be seeing right, this. All right, let's, let, let's stop. Let's stop. No responsible news organization would keep this guy on the air. It's not a junta. It's not martial law. It's none of those things, obviously. It's not the FDR administration. It's not the Woodrow Wilson administration. These are statements that are made by a buffoon who is unencumbered with any facts or information. Any facts or information. And they won't get it on the morning Schmo show. Which, of course, as I've said before, and it's true, is the favorite show of the North Korean generals. Those who are still alive and not executed by Kim Jong-un. Now, most of you don't watch this because they have no ratings. We have more subscribers, I shouldn't even say this, on Blaze TV, formerly CRTV, including Levin TV, than they have viewers in the morning. Think about that. So why are they on the air? They don't produce ratings. They're on the air, ladies and gentlemen, because they produce a political viewpoint and rhetoric and tone that the producers, the directors, and the executives want. This guy is a demagogue. This show is a propaganda mill. Day in and day out, the same thing. And then, of course, the morning schmo likes to praise certain individuals at Fox uh, when they attack the president. See, that's a real reporter. Yeah, like we need Joe Scarborough, his stamp of approval, his, uh, his character testimony. He has no character, he's a fraud. An absolute fraud. So when you bring a guy like this on Heilman, who adds nothing. And I've decided what the problem is here, in addition to, you know, obviously the, the, the left-wingism and all the rest. The problem here, folks, and I mean this, is the 24-7 clock. It's not that these cable networks, they don't have one hour two hours, three hours, it is 24-7, it is reruns, and they have to fill the time, they have to try and drive their ratings, so more and more they're balkanized, more and more they play to a smaller and smaller clique, and they have to be more and more outrageous. One of the things I really like about Fox is when you watch Tucker Carlson, or you watch Sean Hannity, or you watch Laura Ingram, you know what you're getting. They don't play, pretend to be journalists. They are smart. They are articulate. 
They have a point of view, whether you agree with all of it or not, and you understand. That is a commentator. That's a commentator. That's a commentator. When you look at CNN, it's all over the place. What's Don Lemon? Is he a news guy or commentator? What's Chris Cuomo, news guy or commentator? He's done both. What's Jake Tapper, news guy or commentator? Camarada, is she a news guy, a gal or a commentator? I'm quite serious. Look at MSNBC, same thing. Same thing. You can't tell. Now, the news people on all the cable shows, not all of them. Look, some of you may not like Chris Wallace, but you have to admit he's a news guy. And to the shock of many of you, while I don't agree with him all the time, I actually do like the guy. I don't mean personally. He's an all-time news guy. My favorite is Brett Baer, quite frankly. He gives you the news. I don't really know what his opinion is. He gives you the news. But who are the news people on CNN who give you the news? Who are the news people on MSNBC who give you the news? I'm quite serious about this. So they have this 24-7 clock, and when you're MSNBC and your ratings are really tanking, especially in the morning schmo, all day long, you have to really dig at the body. You have to say to your booker, who's usually 13 years old, you have to say to your booker, okay, who's out there who will come on our show at 6.30 in the morning with no ratings? John Heilman, he's always good. Heilman! He's always good. So there he is, John Heilman. Steve Schmidt, dumb as a doorknob, but he's always here. Always looks like he's uh, sitting on a cucumber, but it doesn't matter. He'll spew hate. We like him. Uh, So that's how they get on. And over at CNN, they have a usual conga line of freaks and fools like this Anna Navarra. She pretends to do her nails. Let me tell you something. This woman knew full well what she was going to do. She's like a de-actor. And she comes on there, basically spews the same poison every time, and pretends to be a Republican. Just so she can... What she doesn't understand is how she's being disrespected, stereotyped, and she's a foil. She doesn't understand that because she's too stupid. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over the coming weeks, this is very important to me, and I think it is to you, too. You'll hear me talk about one of the top issues on the mind of Americans. Pharmaceuticals, prescription prices. Numerous economists and organizations, like Americans for Tax Reform, have studied this. And I've studied it throughout my life, really, because there have always been efforts to nationalize prescription drugs through the back door. Here are some facts you need to know. Americans have access to more drugs than any other country, including access to 95% of all cancer treatments. That is not true in any of these socialist countries. American drug companies produce more than half of the world's wonder drugs because they invest about $90 
billion dollars every year on research. Here we are debating $5.7 billion on a wall. $90 billion every year on research because they must if they're to find new drugs, better drugs. And these amazing drugs allow people with painful chronic conditions to lead more normal lives, quality lives. Now, despite this success, in fact, because of it, the government can't control itself. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, really a nobody. Nobody's ever heard of this guy. He wants to adopt a Bernie Sanders-style plan for drug pricing that mimics how countries with socialized medicine set pricing and limit patient access to cutting-edge medicines. Their plan, folks, will lead to what it always leads to, scarcity, fewer choices, and worst of all, fewer life-saving and life-improving breakthroughs. Instead of fighting to lower prices by making other nations pay their fair share, Secretary Azar wants to tell our domestic pharmaceutical companies what they should charge. That is a disaster. Bernie Sanders may like this plan. I don't like it in the least. And more than 150 economists and 60 free market organizations oppose it. Because they know government price controls do not work. Look all over the country. Excuse me, look all over the world. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com and get the facts. Because you're going to be overwhelmed with propaganda coming out of HHS and the administration as well as the left, as well as the media, and they're all going to agree. This, right here, if you believe in liberty, this is where you belong. That's truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. Now let me ask you folks a question. The media like to talk about Donald Trump's character. Before he was president. Ah, he did this, he said this, he did this. Let me ask you a question. This guy, Jeff Bezos, who's worth a couple hundred billion dollars, something like that, Mr. Producer? No, that's if it's split. Well, maybe. No, you're right. It's $130 billion. Well, let me ask you a question. He was cheating on his wife, wasn't he? He was cheating on his wife. Will there be articles in the Washington Compost, which he owns, about the character of the man who runs the biggest corporation on the planet? We'll be hearing Anna Navarro or whatever the hell, and the others on CNN and the clowns on MSLSD. We'll be hearing them condemning Bezos and his character for cheating on his wife. How about Nancy Baloney or Schmucky Schumer? They like to take shots at the president. Will they be talking about the owner of the Washington Compost and the fact that he was cheating on his wife? Now, that's a personal matter. Everything that Trump did is a public matter. Everything that liberals and Democrats and media types do is a private matter. Oh, okay, now I understand. Now I understand. Uh, no, I don't. I'm disgusted with the whole damn bunch of them, to be honest with you. Do you know this guy, DeCamio, the mayor of New York? This Bill DeCamio, he gave a uh, state of the city address in New York City yesterday. 
you are not going to believe what this guy said. You think you've heard it all, and you pretty much have, except what this guy has to say. He thinks he's running Venezuela. And people, productive people, are fleeing New York City left and right. They can't stand it anymore. Even unproductive people are fleeing New York City, liberal Democrats. They're going to Florida. And then, hey, I'm voting Democrats. You know, I like locusts. But anyway, it's the productive people I care about. Taxes through the roof. Regulations through the roof. Liberals through the roof. But he's not done, DiCamio. And I want to. I want you to hear what the Democrats believe in now. The Democrat Party and where it's headed when we return. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Reminder, very important, a great life, liberty, and Levin, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I hope you watch it live. You can always tape it. We're going to talk about real Russia collusion. As a matter of fact, Soviet collusion and the Democrat Party, not what you think. We're going to dust off some of the history books with our friend Professor Paul Kengor. And we're going to go into specifics about how Ted Kennedy conspired with the Soviet KGB, the Soviet Kremlin, to try and defeat Ronald Reagan. We're going to remind people about Alger Hiss, a Democrat, a senior official at the State Department who became a confidant of FDR during Yalta as they were discussing Dividing up Europe. The problem was Hiss was providing information to the Kremlin at the same time. Many Democrats defended Hiss. And of course, they never, ever were interested in what Ted Kennedy had done. And there's going to be a lot more. So you're really going to enjoy the show. Remember, it's like radio, Levin TV. What I'm doing on the Fox program is trying to disseminate information. One guest, two at the most for the entire hour where we get into heavy substance. It is the only long-form talk show on cable. It's the only one. And so uh, I've agreed to do this for about another year. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But if I find people aren't interested, 
I'll retire from that particular uh, format. But I think you are. You know, we have the worst time slot because I told him, give me the worst time slot. That's like radio. We have the worst time slot. And yet we perform because of you. So I hope you'll check it out. One other thing. All over the Internet, all over websites, all over radio, podcasters are pushing their podcast. I have no problem with that because one day I'll be a podcaster too. I won't do radio forever. They charge you a subscription fee, some of them, not all of them. You can listen to the Mark Levin Show podcast for free. Some people put it behind paywalls. You've got to join memberships. The Mark Levin podcast is 100% free. So here's what you do. You Levinites out there, let's do this together. You can go to Apple iTunes and download the Mark Levin Show. You can go to Google Music and download the Mark Levin Show. As a matter of fact, when you do it through Google, when the podcast is ready, it pops up and it alerts you to it. Best of all, you can go to my website, marklevinshow.com, and again, you can download the podcast. And the Mark Levin app, of course, that's what you want on your iPhone, on your Android, on your handheld device. So you can listen to this show whenever you want, wherever you are, whenever you want, wherever you are. So you have multiple ways to listen to this program. And we're doing some really revolutionary things with our podcast, too. So I think you're going to enjoy it. So, of course, you have me here behind the microphone, and we love all of our affiliates, and we appreciate it. We have Satellite, The Patriot. We really appreciate it. We have all kinds of digital platforms here. But you can download us, listen to us anytime you want. We have uh, taken out a lot of the commercials. The commercials that we add on there, we have sponsors for each segment. And they are wonderful, wonderful sponsors. So I hope you'll check it out. No fees, no subscriptions, absolutely free. The Mark Levin Podcast. One more time. You can go to marklevinshow.com, my website, and download it. Apple iTunes, put in Mark Levin Show. Google Music, put in Mark Levin Show. Matter of fact, we ought to have a Levin surge. So you get this all set up. It's very easy to do, those of you who know how to do this stuff. And just have it ready. And listen to the program anytime you want. Anytime you want. So all you Levinites out there who have your handheld device with you right now, or at a laptop, or at a computer, or have access to the Internet, all at once. Let's see if we can shut down a few of these places. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. Ready? Go! Go to Apple iTunes. Ready? Go! Go to Google, Google Music. Ready? Go! Download Mark Levin Show. And you're set. Free. Did I say it's free? Free. All right. Mayor Bill DeCamio. This guy. I, I, you know what? I don't even have words for these people anymore. I feel like I'm doing with a bu- dealing with a bunch of third world banana republic communists. I really do. In the greatest nation on the face of the earth. The greatest nation on the face of the earth. They want to destroy it. They want to destroy it. All these know-nothing, hardcore left-wing kooks. 
One after the other after the other. They want to destroy this great country. And they want to destroy our great New York City, our financial capital. It's a magnificent city. They want to destroy it. Now, I want you to listen to de Blasio. And when you listen to de Blasio, a.k.a. de Camio, who does he sound like substantively, okay? We'll play a little mental game. So this is his State of the City address, which is, of course, a State of Confusion address. Cut 13, go. You deserve a city that gives you the share of prosperity that you have earned. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? The city should give you the share of the prosperity you have earned? It's like Karl Marx, Hugo Chavez, Fidel Castro, any one of the kooks. All right, let's take it from the top, please. Go ahead. You deserve a city that gives you the share of prosperity that you have earned. And so this year, this year in New York City, we will guarantee health care for all our people. Okay, we will guarantee, meaning you taxpayers and small businesses in New York City, no offense, you better get the hell out. Because he's going to steal more of your money. And I'm afraid the takers outnumber the earners now. This is authoritarianism. Where is Heilman? Heilman! Where is Heilman? On the morning schmo show. This, you jerk, you buffoon, this is autocracy. This is third world. Go ahead. We will become the first city in the nation to require two weeks paid personal time. All right, so now, free health care for all, including illegal aliens. Excuse me undocumented Democrats, and the first nation to require that all the little businesses there, many of you have been to New York, most of you, the pizzerias, the jewelry stores, the, uh, the wholesale operations, so they're all going to have to give two weeks paid personal leave and pay for health care, I'm sure, in addition to the massive taxes and regulations that already exist. And all we hear about are the government employees who are going to get reimbursed every single nickel once they reopen the government, which they most assuredly will. Go ahead. We'll get our lowest paid workers the wages and benefits they deserve. They deserve. They deserve. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. These Stalinists are unbelievable. But wait This is the line I want you to hear. Go ahead. And we'll get tough on the bad guys. When the city's worst landlords cheat their tenants, we will take their buildings away from them. Excuse me? When the city's worst landlords cheat their tenants, and I don't know what that means. It can mean whatever any, you know, the uh, DiCamio and his his merry gang of commies have to say. We will take their buildings away from them. This is Hugo Chavez and his ilk. When the city's worst landlords cheat their tenants, we will take their buildings away from them? And we have to hear the hard left Democrats, the hard left media go on and on about how Trump is a dictator, how he's autocratic. 
when the mayor of the biggest city in the United States, arguably the most important city in the United States, no offense, I'm just saying financially and so forth, says that when the city's worst landlords cheat their tenants, we will take their buildings away from them? And you hear nothing, nothing from conservatives in radio, nothing on cable. You hear nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to answer to Cameo in this next bite, ladies and gentlemen, because by answering to Cameo, you're answering all the Cameos. He said this also, cut 14, go. Somehow in the richest city on earth... We have diabetics rationing their insulin and women who have never had a pap smear. People whose preventable health problems. And let's stop for a minute. Why is that the case? I want you to listen to me. Every major pharmaceutical company has a program for people who can actually show that they're impoverished or even more that they can't afford their medicine. Did you know this? They spend billions of dollars a year on this. This is one reason the price of pharmaceuticals go up. The research and development as well as the free programs. So there's already a private sector fix to this. A woman has never had a pap smear. Why? Medicaid is a program for, among others, poor people. We're going broke paying for Medicaid, among other programs. So if a woman's never had a pap smear, then de Blasio's bureaucracy hasn't done a good job of steering them into the Medicaid program. So, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't 1814. This isn't 1872. And what does he mean somehow in the richest city on earth we have diabetics rationing their insulin? Today, under current programs, they don't need to be. Today, a woman who's never had a pap smear should be able to pap smear. We give illegal aliens pap smears. So this is the usual claptrap from the usual Marxist demagogue. They all sound the same, but they come in different sizes and so forth. Go ahead. Catastrophic ones that end up in an emergency room and an astronomical bill. Let me tell you a secret, folks. I have paid for my health care for decades. And sometimes I wind up in the emergency room. Mr. Producer, you have health care, right? You ever go to the emergency room? Yeah. Your wife ever go to the emergency room? You ever take your kids to the emergency room? Yeah, well, of course. We've all go to, been to the emergency room when there's an emergency. Go ahead. Thank God Obamacare has driven down the number of uninsured Americans to record lows. See, this is, this is all it's about. But we need more, ladies and gentlemen. We need to nationalize the entire system, you see. Go ahead. 600,000 New Yorkers still don't have insurance. 600,000 people. My fellow New Yorkers. Whoa, 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 whoa. 600,000 people still don't have insurance. Don't they have Medicaid? 
Now, he doesn't tell us who these 600,000 people are. I suspect many of them are illegal aliens. That is, people who are here and aren't supposed to be here. How many American citizens or natural-born... Yeah, American citizens in New York City don't have health care with Medicaid? I don't get this. I don't even get the argument. Go ahead. I fix that for a very simple reason. We believe health care is a human right. You know, this is very interesting. Health care is a human right. And I have to address this all the time. If health care is a human right, ladies and gentlemen, then let me ask you a series of questions. Then why is the Veterans Administration, some of their hospitals, not all of them, why are they so lousy? The government runs them. How about these public hospitals subsidized by the taxpayers in New York City where the mayor has some involvement? Can anybody just go in any time and demand to see a doctor immediately? Can they demand whatever medicine they want? Can they demand whatever, whatever medical uh, products they need whenever they want? I mean, after all, it's a right. Can they demand to see whatever doctor they want to see? I mean, it's a right. Can they demand that the nurse stay past her? What does this mean? It's a human right. What does that mean? Does that mean that other human beings are indentured servants to the person who comes in the door for whom it's a human right? It's a human right. Liberty is a human right. The right to acquire property is a human right. The right to be unmolested by your government is a human right. The right to equal justice is a human right. The right to material things is not a human right. Period. Moreover, if it was a human right, the worst way to provide that human right is through government, centralized government, left-wing run government. Look around the world. Go ahead. Now... We want people to get it right all over the country. So we need to say yes to Medicare for all in Washington. We need to say yes to single payer in Albany. Medicare for all. All you seniors on Medicare, that means you'll never see Medicare again. This is just semantics. It's a name they slap onto what they do. It's like the communists call themselves reformers. No, they're not. They're killers. So let me use the language of the left. If we have so-called Medicare for for all, more people will die and more people will become sick. I have a suggestion, you clown, you big buffoon. Why don't you fix the public hospitals you already have? Why don't you fix the public housing you already have? It's a disaster. Why don't you fix what you already control? And the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, they never can. It's a scam, and it's always been a scam. We just need more money. We need more power. We need to be able to take buildings away from landlords. We need to be able to nationalize health care. We need to be able to nationalize the drug companies and set their prices. If only we could control everything. And when they control everything, it's not enough. Then they have to shut down the opposition. Then they have to destroy the the, uh, successful people. Then they need the powers of a police state. 
you've lost everything. But fools like this. And yet there's so many fools who vote for fools like this. It's very scary. I'll be right back. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. All right. I'm a-looking. Oh, here we are. I'm very excited. We have so many wonderful new sponsors. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, watching the news, fighting the onslaught of fake news, takes up a lot of mental and physical energy. It can be exhausting, can it? You need to stay sharp. It starts by eating right. I've learned that the hard way. Now, if getting healthy was one of your resolutions, I have an easy, effective way, and it only takes a minute out of your day. So really, I want you to listen to what, what I'm suggesting here. Field of Greens. This is what I do. No joke. This is what I do. This beats trying to eat enough fruits and vegetables by a mile. Field of Greens is a real superfood, not like the fake health powders made up of extracts which you hear being advertised all over the place. This is real food, and the difference can be seen right on the bottle, on the label. It has a nutrition facts panel, not supplement facts. And you can look on that label, and you'll see the wonderful ingredients, fresh, organic. One scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving, full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with antioxidants. One scoop of this daily. You just take it in the morning like I do. will power you with clean, real energy that fuels a healthier and happier lifestyle. Here's where you go. Here's what I want you to do. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com. That's BrickHouse, like it sounds, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, and take advantage of a limited-time offer. 15% off your first order, but you have to use promo code LEVIN. So that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and then you have to use promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. I want to strongly encourage you to do this. Some of you have never done anything like this. It's okay. That's no problem. I use it. My wife is a marathon runner. She uses it. We just started it like five days ago, and it's very tasty. You know, it's not that cringe you have on your face. Holy mackerel. This happens to be excellent, organic fruits and vegetables. A serving, one scoop, and you're set. Energy that fuels a healthier and happier life and body. And I want to strongly encourage you. I, when I promote something, I either own it, use it, or try it. So whatever I'm promoting to you is something that I embrace personally, or my family does. So I'd really like you to try this out. BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, promo code Levin. That's promo code L-E-V-I-N. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Levin. In fact, i got to get Mr. Producer to start using this stuff. He needs, man, I'll tell you what. I'm sending him emails at 3, 4 in the morning, and he's not awake. What the hell's wrong with him? All right. Let's take a few more calls here. 
Are you affected, sir, by the partial government uh, shutdown, Ralph, in Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP? Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank um, you. Well, a couple of quick points. One with de Blasio, um, you know, the difference between giving and earning, you know, I grew up, you know, when you earn something, you had to provide some other value yourself. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But I was thinking about it. Yes, I am actually affected by the shutdown because I was expecting since it shut down, I would have less taxes taken out of my paycheck. Well, that's but but the problem is they're going to pay uh, back pay everybody. Yeah, it's true that. And you know what? This is a perfectly good point you make. Tell me, sir, where you work or if you run a small business, if you're not working for three weeks, are you paid for three weeks? I am not. Well, neither am I. And back to that point, we have to go out and earn it. You know, there's people here who run little retail stores or people who are waiters and waitresses. I guess we call them waitstaff now. Can't make any reference to genitalia for some reason. That's unless, of course, you're damaging it, removing it, adding it, whatever. Um, but people are doing stuff all the time. If you're a plumber and you're and, and you can you can't do your job for three or four weeks. And, oh, I I get the back pay. No, you don't. Or an electrician or a, or a taxi cab driver or whatever. So I I hear this stuff and I say, boy, are there two different worlds out there? One is in a bubble. And all of us, all of us have to feel the pain and the sorrow of, of the temporarily uh, uh, pink slip government worker who will get all their money back but are inconvenienced. But none of us think about the guy and the gal, what we call working stiffs like us, working stiffs. Well, if you're not working, you don't get paid. There's no back pay. If you run a little store, a little business, and you're not working for three or four weeks... There's nobody there. The government's not there to take care of you. That's why I'm sick of this whole damn discussion. Sick of it. Thank you for your call, sir. All right. Tim, Frisco, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. It's a pleasure talking to you, sir. How are you tonight? Let me look. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, good, good. Hey, real quickly, I know you got some other callers, and we're kind of fixing to wrap it up here. But, you know, I'm listening to the news. And but my focus is always on. Well, that's jokes. your problem. First of all, I'm, I, I mean, I have yeah. to for a living. But I, I if, if really, if I didn't, I wouldn't because it's endless propaganda. Well, it is, and here's the exact propaganda. So they're talking about trying to get you know everybody to turn on the president. Eight hundred thousand people aren't getting paid. They're not getting their paychecks. They're not getting this. Here's what I say. You know, well, let me go back. They're saying. Especially the border patrol people, these brave men and women on the border, you know, they're out there working day and night. And then you'll hear something else. These Democrats in the chamber are saying, you know, these uh, border patrol people, they're out there working day and night, you know, um, risking their lives. And why are they calling them brave? Why are they saying they're risking their lives if there's not a crisis on the border? You make a damn good point. But keep in mind, this is the same party that hates cops. They hate cops. Here's the other thing. They talk about systemic, uh, you know, police brutality. I mean, uh, I mean, they tear all of our institutions down. The thing about it is, you know who really are the brave men and women and children? Are the people who live in these damn sanctuary cities. I mean, they get up and go do an honest living. And go, they're the ones that lives are threatened. And you're right. And let me underscore why. Because here's an example. 
You have somebody that's committed some kind of a crime, maybe assault, and they serve a period of time in, let's say, uh, a New York City jail. And uh, they decide to let the person out for a variety of reasons. Now, if you have a city or state that is working with the federal government, and let's say, obviously, it's an illegal alien under this circumstance, what you're talking about, uh, the federal government would be informed, and then that person is deported. But in New York City, San Francisco, all these sanctuary cities, they don't report it to the federal government, so they're not deported. So this hoodlum is still in your community, still around to commit more crimes. And the usual answer is from the left is, well, citizens do it too. Well, we can't deport citizens, now can we? So that doesn't mean, okay, fine, everybody can come into this country, into a sanctuary city, into a sanctuary state, and uh, therefore, no, that's not how it works. We have reprobates who are citizens. It's unfortunate, but we have them, and we have to deal with them. But we don't need reprobates from other countries who commit crimes and then, uh, and then let them out in our communities. I don't see how that serves that community. Do you? All right, my friend. I stopped him and stunned him with my genius. Happens from time to time, you know. I could tell he's, uh, he's working. He's busy. Let's see here. Who else do we have? Just getting it here. All right. Jeff, Fairfax, New Jersey. No, no, Fairfax, Virginia, that should be, the great WMAL. How are you? Correct again, Mark, as usual. <laughs> Chris Plant and Dan Plant are brothers. He was just on Tucker. And Is that right? Him. Yeah. So great. they're brothers. They look alike. That's what he was saying this morning. All right, what show. you got? Uh, this uh, economic hostage-taking thing with the, the federal employees, maybe, maybe 80,000 of them are actually in any kind of uh, economic jeopardy, but that's sort of a public relations dumpster fire that we really shouldn't pour more gasoline on by acting like it's not a problem. The liberal media is going to keep going back to these people and talking about the jeopardy they're in for the next two months if this thing drags on. And there is a solution. The solution to this problem is that the Federal Reserve Bank of New York has a special division called the Exchange Stabilization Fund, which the Secretary of Treasury can direct to loan these people money to get paid. You you don't understand where I'm coming from here. I'm not coming from a PR thing or anything else. I'm tired of certain people in this country being treated one way and certain people being treated another. This loan program you're talking about, is it available to other people who don't work in the federal government? Uh, I doubt it would be, but... Yeah, I doubt it would be, too. We're working. Excuse me? They have jobs, and they're not getting paid, and and there doesn't... Uh, No, some people are working and not getting paid, and they're the ones I'm worried about. People who aren't working and aren't getting paid, they're going to get all their money when it's over. They can get bridge loans, they can have family help them, or whatever it is. The fact of the matter is, that's the real world, pal. That's the real world. Not this rest of it. Thanks for your call. And I'm not sitting here scratching my head trying to figure out ways to accommodate either. You want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this year. You need Simply Safe Home Security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Here's what I love about this maybe it's overkill. Nah. Maybe it's the last thing you want to think about while you're making so many other changes and re- uh, resolutions. But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair. 
24-7 professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. There are no contracts. There are no markups ever. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. We use it. Go to simplysafemark.com right now. Protect your home. Protect your family with Simply Safe Home Security. We talk about securing the border. Well, you personally secure your home with the best. That's simplysafemark.com. Make sure to use that URL so they know we sent you. That's simplysafemark.com. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, this is breaking from the New York Times. FBI opened inquiry into whether Trump was secretly working on behalf of Russia. You believe this? In the days after President Trump fired James Comey as FBI director, law enforcement officials became so concerned by the president's behavior that they began investigating whether he had been working on behalf of Russia against American interests, according to former law enforcement officials and others familiar with the investigation. Really? Comey? McCabe? Stroke? The others? Now listen, so the president fires Comey. This isn't about them being concerned, ladies and gentlemen, about him working on behalf of Russia. This is about them trying to destroy Trump immediate upon assuming the presidency. This is a rogue operation. A rogue operation. I have never seen anything like this in my life. And I was a former chief of staff to an attorney general of the United States. The inquiry carried explosive implications Counterintelligent investigators had to consider whether the president's own actions constituted a possible threat to national security. Agents only sought to determine whether Mr. Trump was knowingly working for Russia or had unwittingly fallen under Moscow's influence. Why didn't they ask Obama? He was the commie after all. He's the one that gave up big chunks of the world to the Russians and everybody else. The investigation the FBI opened into Mr. Trump has also had a criminal aspect, which has long been publicly known. Whether his firing of Mr. Comey constituted obstruction of justice. Wait a minute. The FBI investigated whether the president firing Comey obstructed justice? The New York Times may not realize this, ladies and gentlemen. They think they're giving you a scoop. What they're exposing again, as they did two years ago with the unmasking and all the rest, is the rogue operation that was taking place at the United States Department of Justice, and at the highest levels of the FBI. And now it's all covered up because the Democrats took control of the House and because the Republicans who run the committees in the Senate have no damn interest whatsoever. Agents and senior FBI officials had grown suspicious of Mr. Trump's ties to Russia during the 2016 campaign, but held off on opening an investigation in him, the people said. Unbelievable. Let me tell you something. This Mueller, this Mueller is part of this this uh, uh, group, this mob. Not at the time, but he is now. And this is the sort of crap you're going to see in his report. This is the sort of crap they're going to try and use to bring down a president of the United States. And one day, it may be 10 years from now, it may be 50 years from now, the people, the American people will look back on this. In disbelief, just as a decade or so, actually more, four decades, 
the American people who are knowledgeable about what took place with the New York Times and the media. Look back at what they did during the Holocaust, the cover-up. Can't believe it. This is unbelievable. Truly. Not only would it be an issue of obstructing an investigation, but the obstruction itself would hurt our ability to figure out what the Russians had done. And that is what would be the threat to national security. Mr. Baker said in his testimony, portions of which were read to the New York Times, that Democrats leaking confidential testimony now that they control the committees. No evidence has emerged publicly, they write, that Mr. Trump was secretly in contact or took direction from Russian government officials. This is so much BS. The work of Democrats on Capitol Hill, the work of Democrats in the FBI, the work of Democrats at the New York Times. Absolutely appalling, ladies and gentlemen. They tried to take out this man even before he became president of the United States. It's incredible to me what's been done here. This is truly the greatest scandal in American history that will not be ultimately resolved. From within the Obama administration, what took place? The FBI had spies in the Trump campaign. The FBI, obviously working with the Hillary Clinton campaign, through a wash, through a straw man, confusion, GPS. Getting a FISA warrant. A FISA warrant based on false information. Incredible. A plant in the Deputy Attorney General's office, whose wife worked for Fusion GPS, coordinating with a former British spy who was paid to participate and promote this. Incredible. You had an FBI director, Comey, who covered up for Hillary Clinton. And under his eyes and under his nose, he had McCabe. He had Stroke. He had Page. He had Baker. He had others. Now he plays rope-a-dope. He had no idea what they were doing. Besides, there was no problem. And a leaker. A leaker himself to the New York Times. Look at these cowards. Anonymous sources. No attribution. Absolutely incredible. Goes on. Rudolph Giuliani, a lawyer for the president, sought to downplay the significance of the investigation. Downplay the significance of the investigation? This is where the New York Times comes off. No, not the significance of the rogue operation within the FBI and the Justice Department. No. The victim is treated like the perpetrator. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I did something I've never done before. We're not going to play. Ray Charles in America, because I needed to hit this story. I hope you will join us on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Sunday, Eastern. And we salute all you heroes out there. And uh, I hope you're all well and have a wonderful weekend. And uh, don't get plasma. All right, God bless. I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Sunday on Fox.